Hello and welcome to Real Reactions. This is Scott and Abba. And today we are going to be going over the 1990s Edward Scissorhands. Ooh, spooky, I think. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely say so. Um, but first, we are going to get your reactions on the movie poster. Let's see. Okay, so I see that it's Johnny Depp. I see scars on his face. I see the scissor hands, and I see a butterfly. So that makes me think, like, he. I don't even know where to get the scars from. I don't know. I don't know, Scott. But I, it sounds like I know a little bit about the movie and I know like there's a family so I feel like the family adopts him and like treats him well and shows him how to be like a good gentle person with his scissor hands. And I don't know what tragedy happened to his face. Gotcha. So do you think he's destruct like he's just destructive with his hands? And when I say tragedy with his face, like because like the tragedy of it gotcha. of, like happening, not that like he looks tragic. That's fine, yeah, yeah. So do you think like when like from your view that um he's destructive with his hands? At the beginning. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm just curious. I'm just trying to dig deep into your thought process. Yeah, so I think at the start, like, he doesn't know how to control himself, like, with his hands. Kind of like a Lilo and Stitch kind of vibe, where, like, Stitch is really destructive, and then Lilo teaches him how to be a good citizen so that he can stay with them. Interesting. Yeah. So you did get, um, kind of, kind of, kind of right. So, yeah, basically the tagline for the movie is an artificial man who uh, was incompletely constructed and had scissors for hands, leads a a solitary life. Then one day, a suburban lady meets him and introduces him to her world. So after that, does that, what do you think from there? I'm getting like Frankenstein and Frankenstein monster vibes, like creating life and then trying to teach it. So maybe it's like if Frankenstein the book like an alternate universe where it goes right. I feel like it's a kind of a feel-good movie is the vibes I'm getting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we'll kind of get into it. So this was directed by Tim Burton. Okay. Um, so what do you know of Tim Burton? Um, a lot. Well, I don't know a lot about him, but I know a few of the movies. Yeah. So um, Corpse Bride... We have, I'm blanking on the name, the Christmas Halloween one, uh, a, nightmare a Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, exactly. That one was big when I was a kid, like in my family. Um, but those are kind of like the main ones you I know. I know he was like married to the actress who played the witch in Harry Potter. He was Helena. not. Helena. Oh, Tim Burton was, yes. He was, yes. Uh, he is still. I, they're still married. Oh, really? Yeah, they are still married. Oh, I that's believe. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. So, yeah, uh, they are still married. Yeah, no, are I was thinking... Are you 100% sure? Should we fact check that? Okay, yeah. So, they are not together anymore, for sure. And you said it was unclear if they were actually married or not. They were yeah. just together. Yeah, it was very... Yeah, digging in there. Yeah, it was, they had two children together. Um, and then they said that they had broken up back in 2014, 
um, but it was unclear if they were ever married. Some uh, some people close to them said like used the words divorce, but a bunch of like out, uh, news outlets uh, stated that they were never married. Okay. So yeah. Well, I know that about him. I know he's an eccentric fella. He is for sure. Um, but yeah. Him and uh, Caroline Thompson um, both wrote uh, the script for this. Um, Caroline Thompson, she actually uh, did a lot. Uh, she did also a nightmare. She wrote a Nightmare Before Christmas, also uh, with Tim. But um, the stars in this movie are Johnny Depp, uh, Winona Ryder. Oh, from Stranger Things. Yes, you do. Yep. Uh, Diana Weist, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Um, and those are kind of like the main characters in this. Okay. I don't know the other two, but that's okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll kind of get a little bit more into their backgrounds. So, um, Tim Burton was actually born in Burnbank, California, where he spent most of his days, uh, reclu- uh, recluded, uh, reclusive basically, and drawing cartoons, watching old movies. And he, uh, found a very fondness in, uh, Vincent, Vincent Priced films. You know who Vincent Price is? Isn't he the guy that does the voice in the thriller? He does, yes, 100%. And I know he's like in a lot of horror movies. Yes, a lot of old dramatic horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so he had a very fondness of him. Um, but yeah, so for school, he actually attended the California Institute of Art. And then after he graduated, just like um, a lot of them, a lot of uh, students that graduated, the California Institute of Art. Uh, he got his first job of be at uh, of being an animator at Disney, where he worked on films like uh, The Fox and the Hound and The Black Cauldron. I don't know The Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron. A lot of people. It's a uh, one of the more darker um, animated um, Disney movies, Disney animated movies, and uh, a lot of people like it. It's like a kind of like a cult favorite. Um, but yeah, it's not really talked about in Disney uh, Disney lore or culture, just because it was a darker movie at the time back in the eighties. But yeah, um, he had a lot of he had a lot of creative differences with his colleagues. Uh, but Walt, like like the heads at Disney uh, recognized his talent, and then they greenlit uh, greenlit a short called Vincent in um, 1982. And that short was about a boy who wanted to be just like Vincent Price. Um, and then they all, it, it was also awesome because they actually got Vincent Price to narrate uh, the uh, animated short as well. I haven't seen that either. Would that be on Disney Plus? I don't remember. It could be. We'll have to look, take a look. I know it's online on YouTube. And um, I know copies of The Nightmare Before Christmas used to include the short in uh, the special features. That's where I first saw it. It was really um, interesting because th- did you ever see his movie Frankenweenie or have seen anything about Frankenweenie? I know it's about like a guy who brings his dog back to life, like a little kid who mm-hmm. brings his dog back. Yeah, so they made, well, technically after this short, he um, made made that uh, a live action movie of Frankenweenie. And then years later, back in the 2000s, um, Disney greenlit him doing an actual animated project of it. But basically, that art style um, of like that animated series kind of carried over from like his first uh, short of Vincent. And he kind of 
basically kind of talks about how he reanimates a dog in that short too. So he always has this kind of vibe of life and death. And it's pretty interesting. But um, after he had many successes with that, with just a bunch of different animated shorts, and like I said, he had the... uh, he had the full, uh, or, well, he didn't have a, it was like a straight to video um, film, uh, the Frankenweenie. He finally got to work on his full, uh, his first full length feature film. And that full, uh, first full length feature film was Pee Wee's Big Adventure in 1985. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, the film was an instant success and he uh, gained a ton of popularity because it was very quirky. There was a lot of different designs in it. There was some like shock, uh, shock horror kind of some segments in that as well. I've never seen it. Yeah. But I don't like the vibes from what I've seen of it. Like, I haven't actually watched it. No. But, like, the cover art and stuff like, or, like, maybe I've seen clips of it or pictures from it. It's just, like, not my thing. Ooh, maybe a stay tuned then. We'll have to, well, I'll, we'll have to kind of see if we want to do that. I already have strong opinions, so that would be hard to sway me to watch it. That's true. That's true. But we'll have to see. Um, but so after th- that, his first big success with it, um, he actually saw many scripts for his next film, but he turned them all down for about three years straight until a script just kind of landed on his desk. It was uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, he finally saw. Um, Burton read it and he just like could not say no to that project because it was just there were just so many different like quirky aspects to it. Um, it was very artistic and it just like hit home for him and he just loved it. And of course he made it and it was another instant success. And now they're even doing like um, musical Broadway shows of, of it. And it's just, and there, there's even uh, talks now of um, them making a sequel to that as well. I've seen Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep during it. <laughs> Not because it was bad, but because I fall asleep during all movies. <laughs> a few of them, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, no, this that was like his first opportunity that he was able to work with Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder. Actually, that was his first film that they worked together on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next film that Burton did was actually Batman. 1989 yeah he did a batman he did actually a few batman movies um but yeah that was his second film and that was his second film with michael keaton and his first film with jack nicholson so he's strong (laughs) opinions on jack nicholson too (laughs) i know you do for sure but yeah no he's like getting a bunch of bigger stars of the day um he's getting a lot of popularity i mean bat batman was his highest box office hit to date grossing over four uh four four d million uh its opening weekend it cost about like i believe it was 20 million to make wow so it's basically doubled its money so like fox saw him and they were like okay he can he can bring in the money i just want one million of that dollars yeah <laughs> one million of like, that dollars. think of how much that would change our lives i know but you can make 40 million in one weekend from a movie yeah i just need one million dollars <laughs> tim burton if you're listening to this one million dollars please <laughs> that would be interesting um but anyways so yeah the next movie he worked on was edward scissors hands um which uh was actually really inspired 
by a drawing that Tim Burton made when he was a teen of uh, a lanky man with scissors scissors for his hands. Um, let me actually, I do have that drawing. So I want to kind of show it to you and get your reactions on that. Okay, but first, can I ask a question? Of course. So Edward Scissorhands was before Nightmare, before Christmas. Correct. It was before Nightmare, uh, the, night the Nightmare before, before Christmas. Whoa. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to show you his drawing that he made. Oh, wow. What do you think? It looks exactly like his style with smaller eyes. Mm-hmm. But definitely like and it kind of looks like Johnny Depp like the face is gaunt yeah yeah at least Isn't his it, face it, looked gaunt in the picture yeah on the cover of the like the poster for the movie I know yeah it's very interesting for sure I, it does look just like um, the movie poster and what Edward ended up becoming which is like awesome but um yeah, so uh, he took this drawing um, to uh, to Caroline Thompson, and um, they based a lot of what Edward was from themes from Tim Burton's life. Um, and in the movie, Tim Burton used uh, like the stereotypical suburbia, and he loved like he like made it like very colorful and like kind of like a perfect neighborhood and dropped Edward in a very gothic just like dressed in black and leather person and just kind of had that really cool like artistic contrast so did he grow up in like a suburbia yeah he bur- he grew up in Burbank California yeah okay so yeah he did he, say that. Mm-hmm. yeah in a suburbia so he just felt like an outsider growing up 100 percent. like based this character off that yeah so way. he had a like a strong connection with edward like mm-hmm. basically you know some could say that like he kind of made this off of his earlier life like how he felt at least right um uh, but yeah so that's kind of the background for um for Tim Burton leading up to this part, like leading him up to him making this movie. Uh, next, we're gonna talk about uh, Caroline Thompson. So Caroline Thompson, uh, she was born in Washington, DC, and then later moved to Cambridge, Massachusetts to attend um, Radcliffe College and even graduated, um, sorry, eventually graduated uh, from, um, in, from, and then eventually graduated uh, in, from college in 1978. Uh, Thompson then moved to Los Angeles, and to support herself, she started uh, a freelance book review, uh, and then she was also a writer. Her uh, first novel that she actually published uh, was called, well, that she wrote and published, uh, was called Firstborn, and that actually caught the attention of Tim Burton and um because it was about a um yeah so uh her book was actually about a monstrous fetus a fetus Uh, yes a monstrous fetus so basically yeah so that really caught the eye of tim burton because you know he likes things kind of dark and mysterious and he like immediately hired her to help write uh the script for Edward Scissorhands. Um, and they actually met to talk over the script 
at the Bombay Bicycle Club in Santa Monica, California over a few drinks. And Caroline said, um, Tim told me uh, about a character he had who had scissors instead of hands. And I said, stop right there. I know exactly what to do. Um, and she, and she went home at the time and, uh, basically she just right then and there wrote the screen, uh, wrote the screenplay and she just kind of took everything and because she was actually writing a bunch of different, um, weird suburbia Frankenstein, uh, horror stories. And so she just saw that in this, just kind of like what you said earlier and decided to write this into the script and like she wrote 40 page or 70 pages sorry uh and then just went right to tim just so that way he could read it right off the bat and he loved it i have a few thoughts yes one how long usually like how many pages is a movie usually well they usually say that you for like dialogue you'll usually have a page for a minute that you shoot so it depends on how long the movie is okay and then, so 70 pages, it could be like a whole movie. Could be, yep. Um, and then also, like, there are so many movies and stories about, like, suburbia and its, like, downfalls or the secret, like, darkness of it that's under the picture-perfect stuff. And I just think that's so interesting, mm-hmm. like, how, like, that was the American dream then, but, like, how people still... Well, well, this was in the 90s, right? This was in the 90s, yeah. So, but the movie takes place when... Um, I would say, I would say like around the 60s. Okay, so they were like looking back and critiquing society. Yeah, a lot of the stylistic choices are like definitely from like the 60s. Okay. 60s, 50s, I would say. Cool. All right. But, uh, all right, on to, um, like, on to Johnny Depp. Uh, so Johnny Depp, uh, was born in Kentucky, but he was raised in Florida. Uh, Depp actually dropped out of school when he was 15, um, and he fronted for a series uh, of music garage bands. Um, He then later married Laura A. Depp, and he actually took a job as a ballpoint pen salesman. So he was, yeah, he was just carting around ballpoint pens, selling them to different people. If someone, like, he would, like, go door to door. Yeah. If someone showed up at my door and tried to sell me something, I would not answer. Yeah, like, nobody does that anymore, no, that's for sure. Weird. <laughs> yeah, weird. Like, times have changed. Exactly. Um, but one day, uh, Depp actually visited Los Angeles, California, and he actually met up with an actor, Nicolas Cage. Oh. Yeah, Nicolas Cage actually advised him to turn to acting. Um, and that's actually what he did. He uh, kind of stayed in California, and... Um, Johnny Depp's first film debut was um, A Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984. Was he a big role in that? He was actually, yeah. So he played a teenager who was killed by the dream-stalking demon Freddy Krueger. He was actually, yeah, he was like the main um, main woman's uh, lover, basically. Mm. Or boyfriend, basically, yeah. Yeah. That's cool that like his career started with a big role. I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, especially in a, like, a horror movie that a lot of people know and love to today, honestly. It's just kind of fun to see that. Like, even uh, Kevin Bacon did the same thing with um, Friday the 13th. 
and Paul Rudd, I just learned, was in Halloween. He was in Halloween Curse of Michael Myers, yes. So that one, yeah, he was in that. That's he for looks sure. so young there. Not that he looks old now. I mean, he's fine. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, all right. But yeah, so uh, basically, Johnny Depp's next like hit role was actually in a TV series called 21 Jump Street back in 1987. Is that like the movie? Well, so the movie, yeah, was based off the TV series, but it was more of a drama than like a comedy, how it was portrayed. Gotcha. But yeah, no, with that, um, yeah, he played the role of an undercover cop, uh, Tommy Hansen. And this is where he really became more of a teen heartthrob. Uh, but then, yeah, so Edward Scissorhands was actually his first, um, his first, like, role that he did with Tim Burton, because now you think of Tim Burton and Johnny Depp's, like, always kind of tied to his pictures, like... Right, like Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, I mean, Corpse Bride, like you said, like, a ton of different projects. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, at the time, yeah, that was, he was... Johnny Depp was trying to break out of that teen idol status um, that he gained from 21 Jump Street. And when he saw the script, when Depp saw the script, he said that he weeped like a newborn. Because... Like a monster fetus? Yeah, like a monster fetus. Uh, Because he just found such a personal and emotional connection with the story that, you know, he felt like he was secluded and and just like... He could really connect with the character on just an emotional level. Yeah. But um, one thing that Depp did to prepare for this role um, is that he actually watched a bunch of Charlie Chaplin films to study um, ways of creating sympathy without dialogue. Oh. Because in the movie, he really doesn't have any dialogue. I think he has about 140 words throughout the whole movie. Like, it's a good amount, but, like, not a lot for, like, a lead role. Like, the lead role. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so he, like, had to figure out how to just create that sympathy just without using any dialogue. Use Charlie Chaplin films. I mean, what better than, you know, Chaplin himself? I've totally seen Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Maybe, uh, to be continued for that. All right, and now... Uh, we are on Winona Ryder. Hey-o. Yes. Winona Ryder was actually born in Missouri. Um, and she was actually named for a nearby town, Winona, Missouri. Oh. Yeah. Um, when she was 10, her family actually moved to California. Uh, where during her first weeks at her junior high school, she was actually bullied uh, by children who actually mistook her from uh for an effeminate boy poor girl getting bullied yeah she showed them though not that it takes away the pain but she showed them yeah no yeah she yeah for sure um but when uh she was 12 years old that's actually when she first started taking her acting lessons um at the american conservative theater in san francisco um, actually, during that same year that she took those lessons, um, she nearly drowned. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, she nearly drowned at Dillon Beach in Northern Car- California, uh, where she got caught by an undertow. Uh, luckily, she wasn't under for that long, um, and a lifeguard pulled her out right away, but she actually didn't have a pulse 
uh, when they pulled her out and the lifeguard had to pump water out of her body. Whoa. Yeah, so this would actually cause her to develop aqua um, and aquaphobia, where she actually kind of has it to today. And even like there was a film, I'm blanking on the title, where she had to be in the water and they actually had to do a bunch of reshoots because she was one, she wouldn't go under the water and she won't, she still won't till this day, which I totally get. That's okay. <laughs> uh, it makes sense. So they had to like, they tried to shoot it with her head above the water, but it just didn't work out. Eventually they got a stunt double to go in there and they had to, they did uh, reshoots for it. But yeah, it just kind of, you know, stuff like that. I understand like she had a literally near, near death experience and, but she luckily she came out of it. Um, but in 1985, um, Ryder actually sent a videotape to audition for the film uh, Desert Bloom uh, that released in 1986. But the uh, writer-director, David uh, Schultzer, uh, actually decided that she would be better in a role that was actually called Lucius in 1986 as well. Um, the next... and. People really liked her in that, actually. And so the next film that she did uh, was actually called uh, Square Dance, uh, where she actually learned more of the technical side of filmmaking on how to balance her work-life schedule and different things like that. Um, Tim actually, Tim Burton actually saw her in Lucius, or Lucius and uh, decided to cast her in Beetlejuice. And... Um, Obviously, Beetlejuice was a big success uh, for Tim Burton and got her name out there. Um, the next film after Beetlejuice that she starred in was Heathers. Have you heard of that one? Yes, and that's a musical as well. That is a musical now. Uh, it's funny because writers' agents actually initially begged her not to turn down the role in Heathers because they thought it would tank her career. Uh, but when, when it came out, her performance... Uh, received mostly positive reviews from critics. Yeah, has she ever been in a flop? Um, yeah, for really? sure. Yeah. Oh, she's so talented. But she is super talented. I mean, some people would consider it a flop. Uh, some, but like later in life. But I mean, no, she's done like a ton of amazing movies. But um, then in 1990, she actually starred. Uh, in three different movies and three uh, lead roles. One was Welcome Home, uh, Roxy Shermel, and Mermaids, where she actually received a Golden Globe nomination. And then also Edward Scissorhands. Mm. So she did three movies. In a year. In a year. Wow. So yeah, crazy, crazy. So Edward Scissorhands actually celebrates what, like, makes us unique and, like, tries not to shun people for, like, having uniqueness in them and that we shouldn't judge people for, like, just different biases that we have. Um, in the early stages of developing, actually, um, Tim Burton wanted uh, this to be a musical and uh, Caroline Thompson actually revealed that she had wrote, wrote a song for it called um i can't handle it <laughs> but ultimately they decided against it and thompson also like agreed like it was like better not to do it in a, uh better not to do this in a musical i wonder like if that song's available to be heard at all 
That's a good question. I don't think it made it that far in development, so I don't know if they recorded it. And I know Caroline Thompson said like the lyrics were for the song were like pretty bad. <laughs> like it was just not like it didn't work well. Oh, also several actors were actually really considered for being the role of Edward, including Tom Cruise. What? Yeah, uh, Fox actually really tried to push for Tom Cruise. So Fox really insisted on uh, Burton meeting with him. And when Burton met with Cruise, uh, Burton actually wanted to change the ending of the movie to make it a little bit more brighter, basically. Um, and Burton really didn't like that. And so like Cruz wanted to change it? Yeah, Cruz wanted to change the ending to be, like, happier, basically. So the ending's not happy. Depends on who... I think it's, like, an optimistic ending, I would okay. say. I don't think it's, like... He just wanted to, like, really make it, like, a gung-ho, happy kind of film. Or, like, okay. ending, at least. And Burton did not want to do that, so he turned him down. A uh, few more actors that actually were considered for it. Tom Hanks was actually approached for the role, but he actually turned it down uh, to be in a uh, less successful film, The Bonfire of the uh, Variants, in 1990, but it was a big box office bomb and it just didn't work out well. So Tom Hanks was considered for the role, but... I feel like it would have been a very different movie with him, but it would have been good still, it just would have been different. It definitely would have been different. Um, another actor that actually was considered was Gary Oldman. I don't know who that is. Um, did you watch uh, any of the Harry Potter movies? Some you, of them. Do you remember Sirius Black? Uh, Harry Potter's uncle. I think like I can, he has like black hair mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, so that that's that actor. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's a very like serious actor. He does a lot of great work. I, Gary Oldman's really good. He's also in um, the Christian Bale's our, the Christian Bale Batman one. Mm. He's um, Commissioner Gordon. I haven't seen that one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But anyways, Gary Oldman actually turned down the part because he found this story to be absurd. But after watching literally two minutes of the completed film, he understood the film and he was like, oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> it's hard to like conceptualize <laughs> stuff like that. Like I Sometimes when I read plays, I'm like, what? And then I see it and I'm like, oh, like you have to like... Yeah. Sometimes if it's an out there absurd piece like it takes a minute yeah that may, yeah totally um, other actors that were actually considered for the role were also Jim Carrey whoa yeah and uh, John Cusack don't that name sounds so familiar <laughs> yeah but um Thompson actually really favored Cusack but um just didn't end up working and I think they really got a really good one for with depth also, uh, William Hurt was also considered, Robert Downey Jr., um, and actually uh, Michael Jackson, the musician, was uh, also expressed <laughs> interest in the role. The musician? The musician, not the basketball <laughs> player. Or, well, no, never mind. Anyways. <laughs> Isn't that Michael Jordan? Yeah, it is. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but yeah, none of them were contacted, nothing. Like, I know... Tim Burton even like heard that Michael Jackson wanted to do it and he's like no that's okay <laughs> that'd be interesting yeah um the location for the film was actually considered to be filmed in Burbank California where Tim Burton uh grew up but Burton actually felt like the t- like the neighborhood 
had been just changed so much from his childhood that he didn't want to do it. So they actually filmed in Tampa, uh, the Tampa Bay area, Florida, and um, they filmed in Tampa or around Tampa, the Tampa Bay area for three months. Um, the projection, uh, the production designer, Bo Welch, actually told the Huffington Post that they actually went door to door and got all the neighbors um, in the neighborhoods to agree uh, to paint all their houses, cut out all their shrubs, and they actually um, paid them a commission to do this as well. And they actually uh, put them up in Disney World during the filming of this as well. Oh wow! So, yeah, so like, hey, you gotta leave your house. We're gonna paint your, we're gonna paint your house all these bright colors. We're gonna get rid of all your shrubbery, your bushes, and everything like that. But yeah, apparently, like, the neighborhood was like wanted more money, and they were just like being a little greedy. Because I mean, I get it. Because it's like a, oh, it's a big movie. We kind of want to cut up the, you know, like you can pay yeah. us more. I mean, like an uproot of their lives for a moment. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. I can't believe they all agreed. Yeah, uh, yeah, that whole town agreed, which is, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, there's also gothic shots of, like, a, uh, a mansion, but that was actually, fi- or, there was actually gothic shots of, like, a gothic mansion that were actually shot at the soundstage at Fox Studios in Century City, California. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Depp's wardrobe and prosthetics took about an hour and 45 minutes to apply everything. Oh, okay. I've heard of, like, ones that have taken longer. Yeah. So, I'm exactly. not impressed. Hey, it's still, still, it's still a long time. Yeah. Still a long time. Um, also, there's actually a bunch of giant topiary in the movie, and they actually made a bunch of the t- giant topiary out of um, metal skeletons, um, and it was like chicken wire. And then they weaved like thousands of small plastic uh, plants all around it. So like when you watch it, there's like a giant shrubbery of like dinosaurs. There's a ballerina and different things like that. And they like all they made those just. It's just crazy how they made them. Yeah, that would have taken forever. Mm-hmm. Also, um, lastly, the composer was actually Danny Elfman. It's a longtime collaborator with Tim Burton. This was actually their fourth feature film working together. Danny Elfman actually does, like, he did The Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. He does a lot of uh, Tim Burton's uh, movies. Um, also, Edward Scissorhands was actually the last theatrical appearance for Vincent Price, who actually played the creator um, in the movie. Is that the dad? The dad uh, of Edward Scissorhands, yeah. But not the dad of the family that takes him in. Correct. They're two different people. Correct. Okay. So, but yeah, Vincent Price actually passed away three years after uh, the movie was released mm-hmm. um, at the age of 82. And Tim Burton actually wrote the role of the inventor who creates Edward specifically for Vincent Price. That's cool that Tim Burton got to work with his idol. Like multiple times too. Like on his first ever like short, he got him he got him to do a voiceover for him, and yeah. then he was able to be the last like feature film. You know, he directed him in his last feature film, which is crazy. Wow. He just idolized him. But yeah, so that's all I have on Edward Scissorhands. So would you watch this movie? 
Yes. Hey, oh, we got a yes. We got a yes. We got I a would yes. watch this movie. Good to know. All right. Well, maybe we'll have to watch it later on. I love like any movie that has a strong aesthetic to it. Yeah. I'm vibing. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. All right. Well, that is all from us at Real Reactions. Um, hope. Well, we hope to have you join in on our next one. But until then, this is Scott and Ava. And I hope you have a good day.